0: Hello everyone. Aren't the Beatles the best, eh? My very best, and they'll always be the best, I think. I don't understand some of these new modern songs today. All this rap thing, I don't know what they're talking about, eh? And Ed, you'll have to explain that to me. By the way, I took a photograph of Ed, he was standing in front of me and of his, um, I don't know what to call them, those long trousers he's got on, long short trousers with his socks. So I took a photograph, so I'm going to pray about whether I should do the same. (laughs) Never, never (laughs) So hello, everyone. It's so great to be here after not being here for quite a time. Thank you, Hilton and Jin, for allowing me to come and speak here. As you know, Yvonne and I have been quite busy with the people down at Giba, Open Skies Giba, and um, with Beggy and Z there and training them up, and things are going very well there. But unfortunately, it's been so difficult because of COVID. Not so. I mean, this COVID is not easy to have a church and run a church and try and get the people to listen. I've heard all sorts of excuses. And the people that tell me, no, they can't come to church because of COVID. But I see them in a restaurant like at Oscars with thousands, not thousands, hundreds of other people around them but they're too scared to come to church, but I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. We have to limit people. Anyway, let me start. I'm speaking today on evangelism. I love evangelism, and um, obviously that's telling people about Jesus and telling people your testimony, what happened to you, which is so powerful, and uh, nobody can question your testimony. An issue like Colin and I, and we are a bit evangelistic, but um If you tell people how you came to the Lord, it can really impact other people. Not so. And I've been um, lecturing the students on evangelism upstairs lately, and I've really been fired up because I've seen God really at work. Are there any of those students here, by the way? Where are they? Are they all working? Uh, We've got a few of you. All right. We've had fun, haven't we? And the other day when I was lecturing and talking about. evangelism, and telling the students some of the stories that we have seen, some of the healing we've seen here, and the many miracles take place. We've seen amazing things. God has done amazing things. It's not us, obviously, that do it, but we have seen people healed. We've seen families. We've seen um, ladies that couldn't have children. Yvonne and I have prayed for them in the past, and they've fallen pregnant, and We've just seen amazing things. And while I was telling the students some of these stories, I just felt God say, stop talking so much. Just show them. Pray for people and show them how I can work. So um, I thought, gee, Lord, that messes up my sort of lecture a bit. And I said to them, I said, any of the students, any of you not well here, any of you sick? And it was, you know, they're a bit cyber, a bit, they were a bit scared. No hands went up. I said, surely. Somebody, some of you must not be well or got a sore back or something. Anyway, a couple of hands went up. So, in faith, I called them up and I said, Come here. And for those who have done Alpha me, uh, with me, will know um, that I love praying for people, especially if their backs are not right, because normally if your back's not right, you're going to be out of alignment. And we sit people on a chair and um, we put their feet up, and normally, there's a difference in the length of their legs. So I, I said, Lord, you better not let me down. So I called this. I said, come and look, come and look. They were a bit shy. So we, I, Peggy and Z were there. And I said, lay hands on these, on this chap. Is he here, by the way? The one that was healed. Is it, I think it was Russell, was it? Who was it? Jaden. You see, I, don't, I get bundled up with all the names. Jaden, Ross, I don't know. I'm but anyway, we prayed and... In front of all the students' eyes, they just saw this whole body come into alignment, and there was like oohs and ahs, and we also prayed, where's Jordan, is she here today? No. Hey, so I can exaggerate. If none of them are here, I can tell huge stories. The one grew 10 inches, and the other, no. Anyway, God did amazing things. And heal these people, and this fired me up, and it fired the students up, and and I just realized the importance of evangelism and telling people what God can do and what He has done. So the scripture I want to talk about today is Matthew twenty-eight, verse nineteen and twenty. And Colin told me just as I arrived, yeah, it's not going to go up on the board, or is it? Yeah, nonsense, <laughs> Colin, you lie, man. I Colin, man. Anyway, there it is. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and we are are his disciples, um, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you, always. That's so important, God is with us when we try and tell people about Jesus and go and make disciples. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So that is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not, this is called the great commission. Not so. Not the great suggestion. Jesus didn't suggest that we go and tell people uh, about him. It's the great commission. All right. And this, this is in, in Mark as well. It's also in Mark. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So I'm praying that everyone that's listening to this me- message is, believes and has been baptized because you will be saved. And it's so important that people are saved today. Uh, I, I can't believe how people take a chance. Let's just say, and here we're all born again and we all believe God's word, we believe everything. And let's just say the Bible's wrong and there's no heaven and earth, all right? We fine, as born-again Christians, non-Christians are fine. We all go to nowhere or wherever, the same place, that's fine. But when we've been born again and spirit-filled, we know the Bible is true. And the Bible tells us that only born-again believers go to heaven. And when I was born again many years ago, I, that, I just couldn't believe how true this was, so it was, I went all out to tell people, I know I put some off maybe, but I always prayed for an opportunity to tell people, because I didn't want any of our family and friends not to go to heaven, and by the way, you all know this, I'm sure I'm talking to the converted, by the way, some of you look half dead now, are you sleeping or are you there? Wake up everyone, wake up, I can't see you behind your masks, but really, the Bible speaks more about hell than it is about about heaven. I'm not being too seeker-sensitive today, by the way. God has asked me to lay this message on people's hearts so they can go and tell their family and their friends the truth in love, obviously. You don't go and shy them, but it's (coughs) a lack of evangelism is a huge problem. It's a huge problem in the church. And it makes people lukewarm. If we're not sharing our testimonies and telling people about Jesus, we're going to be lukewarm. And I don't have to tell you what the Bible says about lukewa- being lukewarm. Ed, what does it say? Huh? It's quite scary. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Jesus said, if you lukewarm, I will spit you out my mouth. Now, I don't want that to happen to anyone. Jesus doesn't want that. It's our choice. And I know I'm speaking to the converted again. It's our choice whether we want to follow Jesus, or being spat out of his mouth. And I'm sure nobody wants that. Anyway, also, we do know, I'm just talking, I'm not even looking at these notes, but we do know that the Bible says everything is foolishness in the Bible to those who haven't received the Spirit of God. And I was only born again at 40 years old, and what I'm saying now was complete foolishness. When Yvonne came with all the blah, 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 I a forsake, man. Andres, thanks for that T-shirt. You gave me a lovely T-shirt. with has got foot sack on it. And I wear it all the time. I wore it to Jim yesterday. But I, I don't, I'm not saying foot sack to anybody. Just, to, just trying to be sort of nice to everyone. But that's not too nice. Anyway, so I worry about lukewarm Christians. And I worry that Christians are not evangelizing. And the church grows the more we evangelize and tell people about Jesus the more the church will grow the more Christians there will be not so but I worry today that so many Christians are lukewarm and don't speak about these things I had to scratch, scratch out the next scripture because Yvonne says to me no Roger that's a bit uh, bit heavy um, don't uh, tell, tell people that but anyway we'll talk about that another day but you know The Bible tells us over and over again that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You and I are the workers. The harvest is plentiful. There are people out there that are dying and going to hell. It's a huge harvest, but the workers are few. So I'm urging you, lovely people that are listening and here, please. Go out and tell people because the harvest is plentiful. There are people all around us who don't know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. And God wants all people to be saved. That's often in the Bible. 1 Timothy 2 verse 2 and 3. It says God wants all to be saved. It's our choice. All right. Is everyone listening? Am I being too heavy? Also, I think today many Christians, because of a lack of evangelism, and a lack of being fired up, do not realize the huge attack the church is under today. I'm sure you follow the news. I can't watch CNN anymore, drives me mad, but we're under huge attacks. So many people are anti-church today, aren't they? And all politics, when you follow what's happening in America and England, Australia, Canada, and other parts of the world, and even in this country, you can see more and more people are becoming anti-God. Do you agree with me, church? And it's scary. It's scary. But we have to stand up for the truth. The left wing politically (laughs) is gaining huge momentum. It really is. And very anti-biblical things are being said. All right. So let's... I must see my minutes. Okay, I've got two minutes left. Anyway, let's have a look why many Christians do not evangelize. <clears throat> or speak about Jesus. Excuse me. I have something on my throat. Is it a <clears> throat> frog. a Let's see why people don't speak about Jesus. You try and think why while I take this top off. Why do people, why do many Christians not talk about Jesus or tell people about Jesus? Well, what I've got here is number one. Some think that they have to master the Bible in order to share the simple gospel of Christ. Not true, church. You do not have to master the Bible. You don't have to be an expert at all. You can just share what's happened in your life and your friends' lives that you know have been radically saved. Not so. It's simple. And I'll tell you one or two stories. Straight after I was born again, when I was 40, which as you know was three years ago, I couldn't stop telling people what happened to me. Because... I had a dramatic conversion. I was wild and worldly and thirsty and a show-off sugar farmer. But when I invited Jesus into my life, my life changed radically. Yvonne wouldn't believe me to start with. She didn't. Um, took her quite long to believe it was true. Um, but... My life changed so much, I just had to tell people. And you know, I was so on fire then in those days. I used to go around. I don't think you younger people know what tracks are, but tracks are little pamphlets that you hand out to people. and they've got a little scripture on it that was before all the I was saved in 1991. Um, it was before cell phones came You know when cell phones first came out, Who remembers? I think it was 94, that's when I got my first cell phone. So we didn't have cell phones there, so we used to hand little pamphlets to people and tracks, and we, I used to leave them in the toilet wherever I went with our family cottage down on the beach. I would leave them there hoping and praying that one of our unsafe family would read this thing. Anyway, I was so on fire for God, and I was still very involved in the sugar industry and in a couple of these sugar boards, and it was 1992, a year after I was saved, I was driving into one of these um, very snobbish, Lani board meetings in Durban, and I just felt the Lord say to me, "You know, the Bible says God's children hear His voice, God's sheep hear His voice," and um, I just felt this little whisper, "Go and visit." I better not say His name. I haven't asked permission to um, tell this story today. I've shared it before, and I've got permission, but. I had a friend who'd also just made a commitment, and we were going to the same church um, in Armstrong Rocks, and um, I just heard this little voice say, go and check up on so-and-so. I knew he was in a bad way financially, and um, he was having big trouble. I'd only just met him at church, but I just felt this voice say, go and visit him. He had told me the week before that he was living, um, he used to own quite a few fishing boats, and he was... Really facing tough times, and he told me he was living on one of his fishing boats in the Durban Harbour. And he told me the name, which I've forgotten because I'm old now. But he told me the name. Anyway, driving into the sport, meaning I felt this little whisper over, and go and visit him today. Today. And I thought, gee, is this true? I thought, I I don't know where the boat is. I don't know much about Durban Harbour. I lived out on the north coast on my farm. I didn't know... Durban, that well. Anyway, I went to the board meeting. and then after our board meetings, there was always a big luncheon with much port and wine. You know, all, all the Larnies you do. And we used to go for lunch. But after the meeting, I felt again this whisper. Don't go to the lunch. Go and visit the soak. So anyway, I get in my car. I drive down towards the harbor. And um, in fact, the harbor was quite close to where we used to meet um, on the esplanade. And um, I drove down there. And I didn't know my way around the harbour at all. And I prayed, I said, Lord, I don't know where this boat is. I I don't know. I remember the name, but I don't know. And I drove around, I drove around. And I couldn't find this boat. But I never gave up because I felt this whisper. You go and tell him. Go and see him. Go and pray for him. He needs prayer. And I'm a a one-year-old Christian. So driving around, I'm about to drive home or back to the lunch. And um, I see this boat with that name on it. I was so excited, so I parked close as I could, possible, I got out, and I shouted his name. Um, There was a little gangplank, what's it, gangway, leading up to the ship. And I shouted his name from the bottom, nothing. Shouted his name again, nothing. A few more times, Lutu, nobody answered, and I thought, hey, Lord, I haven't heard you, obviously, your children hear your voice, but I must, obviously, I haven't heard you properly. <clears throat> anyway, as I was about to do a U-turn and get into my car, I gave one last shout, his name, Ed. It wasn't Ed, but still, Ed. Eventually I heard a faint reply. Yes, I'm here. And he looked down, he saw me, he said, Roger, you he said, come up. So I walked up, sat down, and I could see he was very depressed, he was in a bad financial way. And we must remember, God turns all things to good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Not so. So if you're in a bad way, God's going to turn it around anyway. So back to my mate Ed. So I chatted to him. I could see he was dying. I said, can I pray with it for you? And he said, yeah, I prayed with him. <clears throat> anyway, I went home. <clears throat> this is not good, this frog. Anyway, the next week or the week after, I saw him at church. And he called me. He said, come here, Roger. He said, I want to tell you something. And... looked at me and he said, do you know when you came to visit me there? He said, do you know what I was doing? I said, no. He said, I had a gun to my head. And I was about to pull the trigger. I go a bit goosey when I tell this story. God's timing was perfect. And he said, when you first called my name, I had the gun to my head on my boat. And I was about to pull the trigger. And he said, I heard you call again. And again. And again. Eventually I put the gun down. Yeah, and I answered you. So you see, obedience to God is so important, church. God speaks to you. He, God speaks to his children. If he's not speaking to you, ask him to. Not so. So we can go and tell others the good news and get people saved. All right. I have so many other stories to tell you, but I know I'll run out of time, and Colin will poo on me, and Hilton and Jyn, so what can I do, and, and Tony. Anyway, um, should I tell another story? I have a brother-in-law. I don't know if he's listening. He's very clever. He married Yvonne's um, younger sister. Very clever engineer. Who's an engineer? Any engineers? Hey, I can see you're a clever man. Look at that. So he knew everything. And as you know, a bit of a thick sugar farmer. You all heard that boring story. My three best years was standard five. So I couldn't tell my brother-in-law Mike too much because he was so clever. So I came to the Lord and he thought I'd gone mad. And um, anyway, we pray, Yvonne and I prayed for our lost family. Every day we prayed for yeah. And the more we prayed, it seemed like the further away they were turning from the Lord. I was leaving these little tracks in the toilets and little testimonies, hoping that they would read these things. Anyway, my brother-in-law, Michael, if you're listening. Michael, I hope I have your permission to tell this. Anyway, we were going to Songa Harvest Church at that time. And there was a chap coming, g- giving his testimony, going all around actually the world, giving his testimony. He was stung by a box jellyfish. Does any, anybody ever remember that? Oh, some of you are old enough to remember him. This was like in the early 90s, but he was, his name was Ian McCormack. And he was going around telling people how he had actually died and was risen. Um, God raised him after dying. And it was such a powerful testimony. By the way, his testimony was two hours. Can you believe it? Two hours. But I invited my brother-in-law, Michael, to that place. And I remember we used to meet at the old shark sport at the Msanga Rocks. And the church was so full that I actually had to share it. a chair with my brother-in-law, Michael. Do you remember, Mike? We had to squash him in one chair. Now, he was unsaved. Anyway, this testimony was so powerful, and he shared in great detail how he had died, and the doctors, he had a doctor to verify he was dead, blah, blah, all the rest. Anyway, when he was in the mortuary, God raised him from the dead, and this testimony was so powerful. My brother-in-law got up that day and gave his life to the Lord, but I invited him. Now, my question is, who are you inviting to church? Please, please, Christians, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Please invite people to church. Tell them the good news. If you firmly believe what the Bible says. All right. Okay. Also, um, Yvonne, Yvonne wrote, I asked her, to Print my notes, which is very old fashioned because I like scribbling on them after I've looked at them because I don't know how to scribble on my iPad. I've got an iPad, just to let you know. But she told me to a couple of extra stories to tell here. Yeah, what funny, what was it now? I have to look at that um, now because I'm old, I've, I've forgotten which one. But there's so many stories. Um, that I could tell about telling others. I, when we arrived in Kloof, when we felt God say it's time to leave the farm, we rented ours house in Kloof so we could go to Bible college in Pinetown. And what I did in those early days, I used to ride my bike around here, around, we live in this golf course area, used to ride round and round, and um, put in these little pamphlets, these little tracks in people's post boxes about Jesus. And I knew a few friends of mine who lived in this area, and I'd pray, I'd say, Lord, please let them read this. I'm sure a lot of them just threw them away. But that's how the church started. I put these little tracks um, in people's post boxes, and after, a, I don't know how long, I don't want to exaggerate, but many months, some of these friends that I put it in said, would we start a Bible study? And I thought they were joking, because they weren't, they weren't Christians. So, so after they'd asked many times, We actually started a little Bible study in our home. It started with only three other couples and Yvonne and I. And that's how Kloof Harvest Church started. But the one day, this is the part Yvonne wanted me to tell. She only likes me to tell things that I don't like talking about. But the one day I was riding around Clouf and I took a speed wobble. A car was coming towards me and there was a little curb down Hagarth Road here. A little curb and the car came a bit too close to me and I hit the curb and I fell and my, my whole steering wheel you know, did this and I was bleeding but I didn't want anybody to see me now shaking and bleeding and that. So I got on my bike and I rode home with blood all there like riding like this and shivering like this and cars, the one car you know, stopped and said are oh, you all right? I said yeah, I'm fine. Anyway, sometimes we have to hurt ourselves to tell people about Jesus, is that right? Okay, okay, Vani, I told you about that. The other thing, number two, we're talking about why many Christians don't evangelize or speak about Jesus. So the first, they don't think they're good enough. They think they have to master the Bible. Number two, some are afraid of losing friends or being disliked or mocked by others. Can you identify with it? I could. I was often very timid and shy. I said often. Many times, I would wait for the opportunity. I'd pray all these sugar board meetings I went to and our friends. I'd wait for somebody to say, and Roger, what's up with you? How are you? I said, oh, funny you asked. You know, I had a huge experience. And then I'd tell them what happened to me and how I was saved, which I won't bore you with all the details. But I always look for an opportunity. And remember, please, could we have that scripture, if it's going to go up, Timothy 2, verse um, 1. Timothy 2, 1 verse 7. And let's see what Paul says here. Where's Paul? Where's my mate Paul? Are you listening, Paul? Yeah. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So remember that. And I'd remind myself, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear. So I'd always prayed, Lord, Give me the right opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And when we moved here, it was very difficult. We had a lot of my old friends um, that we met by sending our kids to the schools up in this area. And they really didn't want to have anything to do with me. When I was wild and worldly and thirsty and fell down with them, um, they were my great mates. But after my conversion, some of them... They, they didn't want to come any, anywhere near me. So I had to pray and remember that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So I'm talking about some are afraid of losing friends or being disliked or mocked. So what I would do, I would go along to Stoker's Pub and a few others to try and be in with my mates. In, but I did feel uncomfortable with some of their talk. And sometimes, yes, I did drink too much. That's why eventually the Lord told me, well, eventually I heard God telling me. I should say that way. Just leave that thing. Because I was thirsty. I, I, one or two drinks is a waste of money, a waste of time. I like to really get giddy. I like to, What I do, I like to do properly. And I drank properly. Um, and I would go to Stoker's pub, and sometimes I would drink too much. I would drink too properly, having been born again. And then I would speak in tongues when I shouldn't, slurring. And I had to, God had to speak to me and say, Roger. Cut it out, cut it out, so anyway, but I tried everything to witness. And, but we, we were persecuted, we were mocked, and I don't know, should I should I tell them about the tooth, column or not? This was a very difficult thing. I wasn't going to. Do you want to hear about, there's a little story? Is anybody, who's asleep at the back there? Nobody, are you listening? I'm, oh, Mike, thanks Aleph, Mike's listening. You're a professor, but, and you listening. Thank you, thank you. I, I need encouragement. Thank you. In the early 90s, there was a real move of the Holy Spirit, if any of you are old enough to remember that. And I was terrified. I was going to Mishanga Harvest Church, and people, there were all sorts of manifestations. Now, I know when I was born again, I had quite an experience. I cried, and I shook, and I wept. But God was good. I. He, that happened when I got home after I gave my life to the Lord. Uh, by the way, I cried and wept and shook for about two hours. I didn't know what was happening to me. These two don't believe me. Obviously, they're walking out. I haven't even got to the hard point yet. All right. Uh, sir. <laughs> anyway, so all these manifestations were happening in our church. And I spent a lot of time in the toilet because I was brought up as a good Catholic boy and then an Anglican. I'd never seen all this all these manifestations, yet alone the loud music we have here, and I was brought up, you know, in the church where the priest dressed like mother and we called him father. And anyway, all these manifestations were happening. And then they started talking about gold dust falling in church, <laughs> please, gold dust falling on people's hands. People can out and said, look at the gold dust, and I thought, hey, these people are not right. They're wrong. They're mad. And then they were talking about gold teeth. And they were even in the newspapers. Who remembers reading that in the early days? Nobody. Jeez. Are they all that young? <laughs> Colin, look at the time. And I haven't got through <laughs> Anyway, one morning, I woke up and I felt something very smooth in my mouth and funny. And I looked in the mirror and I saw a gold tooth. After I had said this is all nonsense. So I very casually went to my wife, who knows everything, by the way, as you know. And I said, Vonnie, have I got a gold tooth? Have I ever had a gold She said, don't be stupid. Of course you haven't. I said, why? So I showed her. And there was a perfect gold tooth. I won't bore you. I went to my dentist. He said he had never done it, never put it in. I showed it to a dental physician. What do they call him? A dental. A dental technician he cried he got tears in his eyes. He's the purest gold I've ever seen and I have to check This happened long ago and I have to check on my tooth all the time because to remind me of what God did and To see whether it's still there because I'm naughty at times whether it's gone. Anyway, God can do anything church Alright, if he can give me a gold tooth he can and uh, we are halfway through Number three, some people wrongly assume that God will eventually allow all people to get to heaven. We've touched on that. Wrong. All people will not get to heaven. You have to be born again to get to heaven. All right. If there was another way to heaven, why did God send his son to die for us? And we know we haven't got time to put it up. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, Should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right. And the wide and narrow road. The scripture I was saved on. Let's have that one. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. This was the scripture I was saved on. I knew I was on the wide road, wheel spinning. In my flash cars those days, wheel spinning to hell after this pastor spoke about this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Please listen, church. Please listen. You have to tell your unsafe family and friends The highway to hell, there, it's written. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. They choose it. God doesn't want to send anybody to hell. But the gateway to life, that's eternal life with God, is very narrow, and the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. I had this vision and dream over and over again, I've told some of you, walking down a narrow road when I was born again with my Christian friends and there was a fence here and the road next door was wide and all my worldly boozing mates were teasing us as we were walking down the road, us with my ninny Christian friends, you know, because they think we, I'm not allowed to swear on you, sorry Colin, but they thought we were nerds And as we were walking down the end, we were like singing, praising God, and they were walking there with hip-coolers of booze. And I had this picture and this vision over and over again. And we were walking, and we were walking, and we were walking. We got to the end of the road. And these chaps, I get emotional when I talk about this. These chaps here on the wide road, when we got to the end of the road, they fell in To fire. And I had this vision. They were being thrashed by demons. Thrashed and hit. And they looked up at us. Nerds. And they said, why didn't you tell me? Roger, why didn't you tell me the truth? That's why I gave up everything. To come and tell people about Jesus. And that's how Clue Farvest started. And I'll have to end now. I've got more stories. If I'm invited back, I'll finish the stories. But I want to pray for you all. And I want Colin to come up here and do the altar call after I've prayed. Father, I thank you for every person here. And I pray that you'd make them bold for you, Lord God, that they would not be shy. You have not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and a sound mind. And I pray that I'm gonna hear wonderful stories from these people here and that are listening online of many that will turn to you because of this, because I believe God's word. We believe, I believe everything in the Bible, Father. And I pray that every Christian will believe what I've said today. And will read their Bible so they can tell others. Father, I pray blessing on everyone here. I pray that you'd give everyone stature, favor and wisdom and good health, Father God. I pray in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd protect us. I pray, Father, that you'd enlarge our territory, Lord, for you as Jabez prayed. Enlarge our territory for you so we can tell others i pray your hand on everyone i pray protection over everyone especially at this time with COVID, all these terrible accidents and all these things happening i pray protection over everyone father and that we wouldn't cause harm to anyone and no harm would come our way and i ask you for these things and i thank you for them in the mighty name of jesus christ and all those who agreed said Amen. amen thank you everyone